Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, last week I started talking to you about uh, fresh faith, and uh, we pointed out from our text, our golden text, Romans 1, Verse number 17 says, the just shall live by faith. And I pointed out that it doesn't say the just used to live by faith. (laughs) We also read in 2 Corinthians where it said that uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. Again, it it doesn't say we used to walk by faith and now we walk by sight. And uh, so, you know, this is, faith has to be fresh. Amen. It, uh, you know, I closed out last week by, by talking about, uh, you know, we need a, a faith tune-up. Amen. Glory to God. Let me get to the right page here. Amen. You know, faith isn't static. It doesn't just stay the same. It's not, it, it's not like you study and And study your Bible and get full of faith and then you have faith for life. That's not the way faith works. Uh, Faith must have our attention. And it has to be maintained or it will grow ineffective. I mentioned last week about, uh, you know, your automobile has to be maintained. If the brakes aren't adjusted, if the tires aren't rotated, if uh, the oil's not changed, amen. If you don't get a tune-up, uh, you know, your air conditioner has to be uh, tuned up. And usually we, we don't know it until we need it. <laughs> Anybody that has an air conditioning or heating and air conditioning business will tell you that everybody's air conditioner goes out in the spring or the summer because that's when people use it and, it, and they didn't maintain it uh, the last season. Well, we don't want our faith to, to fail in the middle of a challenge of life. Amen? Uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, we looked at this verse. We won't look at these again, but just making mention of them. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Above all, that makes faith really important. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which we will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. You know, if, uh, if you're thinking about the enemy shooting a, a fiery dart, a flame-tipped arrow, you know, the enemy is going to challenge you. Just don't think that uh, because you've used your faith for many years and you've walked with God and, uh, and, you know, now you're doing so much better that you can just sort of skate by because the enemy's not going to let you skate by. Amen. He will challenge you. A lot of you were like me when, when I came to Christ. I mean, I needed everything. My life was a wreck. And, uh, and, and I, had, I had the curse in abundance. And so I had to use my faith. I had, to, I had to draw from the word of God. I fed on the word of God because it was life or death to me. I had to have answers. I had to have rescue. I had to have a way out of, of all of the things that I had caused and set in motion in my life. Uh, they didn't just fall away when I got back into fellowship with the Lord. I had to use my faith. Well, you know, you can, you can uh, uh, get to the place in your walk with God. If you're not careful, you think, well, you know, I'm doing well. 
I'm blessed. I've given all these years and now I've reached a a place of prosperity. God's blessing me. I'm fit. I'm good. I'm going to the gym. All of my my blood work looks good. You know, everything's good. And, And you can just sort of think you can coast on that. Well, the enemy will see to it that he knocks the props out from under you if you're trusting in yourself. Amen. And uh, so we want to enjoy every blessing God has for us. Amen. In uh, James chapter 1, we read this too. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting. Now, I've mentioned to you so many times that he's not just talking about wisdom. If any man ask wisdom, the reason I know it's not only talking about wisdom because the rest of that verse says, let him ask in faith without doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. Do not let that man think he'll receive wisdom from God. That's not what it says. It says, do not let him think he'll receive anything from God. So this verse really has to do with anything you need. Wisdom was just the one thing that he talked about. But if any of you lack healing, let him ask of God. If any of you lack finances, let him ask of God. If any of you lack a job, let him ask of God. If any of you lack lack friends, let him ask of God. If any of you lack anything in life that's according to the word, let him ask in faith. Because if you ask in doubt, he said, forget about it. Do not let that man even, I like the way that's written. It's kind of sassy. Do not let that man suppose, even suppose, he'll receive anything from God. Well, that should be uh, something that would, that would stir us up. Amen? We found out that faith only comes by hearing the word of God. It stays fresh by hearing the word of God. Amen? Glory to God. I just turned my timer on, so all of that was, I don't even get counted for that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There's no other way to get faith. Praying for faith won't work. A lot of people pray, oh God, just give me more faith. They're just wasting their time. Might as well just be twiddling their thumbs, saying twinkle, twinkle, little star, as to pray, God, give me faith, because God's not going to answer that. I said, God will not answer that prayer because it's unscriptural. He's already told you how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing. Amen. You know, a lot of people pray and they don't receive for different reasons. One reason people people don't receive is because they pray in doubt and unbelief. Another reason people don't receive is because their prayer is not scriptural to start with. God responds and works with us according to his word. Of all, listen to this, of all the necessary activities of life, and there are a lot of necessary activities, of all the necessary activities of life, only hearing the word of God will produce faith. When you think about that, there are a lot of demands on us. There are a lot of things we have to do. You have to get up and go to work. You have to eat. You have to sleep. You have to bathe. <laughs> you have to shop. Amen. You have to, to, to do yard work. <laughs> there are a lot of things that we have to do, but none of those things, as important as they are and as demanding as they are, should always remember when you're doing those things, I'm not getting an ounce of faith from this. 
Raking leaves doesn't give you an ounce of faith. Working on your car doesn't give you any faith. Faith only comes by hearing the word of God. Amen. And so that we, ought to, we ought to prioritize uh, a time of, in our day, every day, where we feed on the word of God because that's the only way faith comes. Amen. Amen. And the good news is faith always comes when you feed on the word. It says that faith comes by hearing. It doesn't say faith sometimes comes by hearing. Or, you know, occasionally it comes. Or it might come. Faith, when you feed on the word. Now, I'm not talking about just reading the Bible casually. You know, you can read the scriptures with your mind somewhere else. Not really paying attention to what you're reading. Particularly when you get familiar with it. You can just read over it. That's not what I'm talking about. That doesn't count. That doesn't count, church. (laughs) But when you read the Bible purposely, because you want to, because you want to fellowship with God, and because you want to receive from God, faith always comes in that situation. Now you might not feel faith isn't a feeling. Faith isn't a feeling. You might not feel faith, but if you stay at it and you make it a, a habit in your life to feed on the word of God, to speak the word of God, if you keep doing that, you will start seeing the results of your faith. Faith will arise on the inside of you, and when you have a situation, a need, and a challenge in your life, what will happen is the word will come out of you. Faith will come out of you. Well, where'd you get that? Weeks ago, months ago, days ago, feeding on the word of God. But it has to be fresh. It can't be stale. Amen. So it is vital that we intentionally and routinely feed our faith on the word of God. Well, amen. That's the truth. Praise the Lord. Strong faith is simply the result of taking God at his word. That means believing what the word says and acting on it. That's what... what Strong faith is. It's simply the result of taking God at his word, believing what it says and acting upon it. But today, I feel many believers must reacquaint themselves with the importance of the word. You know, this is faith tune-up because we're talking about fresh faith. Many Christians, perhaps someone in this building, might just be in a place where they need to reacquaint themselves. Now look to your neighbor and see he's talking about you. (laughs) You might need to reacquaint yourself with the importance of the word of God because our lives are busy and the enemy will see to it that a hundred plus things come up to take us away from the word of God and it can happen gradually until you get to a place where you're just not even feeding on the word of God at all. Well, that's, that, that will wreck your faith. You should understand that God's word is God speaking to you. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're, we're going over some basics here intentionally. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Who was the famous football coach that uh, 
started the season out every, this is what many years ago, started the season out every year by telling his, his team spring training, this is a football. Who was that? Labardi. I, th- I started to say Vince Labardi. He would, you know, storied, famous coach, great team. Every season, spring, bre- spring practice, rather not spring break, spring practice, he would, he would get his team together and he would introduce the season and the training season by taking a football and saying, gentlemen, this is a football. Because he wanted them to understand. Now, he didn't, I'm sure he didn't just then, you know, talk about the, 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 the delacing on the football and talk about the, you know, how long the football field was. I'm sure he didn't just go to that detail. But his point was, it's the basics. Football games are won by executing the basics. Now, you know, every now and then a trick play can work. Every now and then, you know, you can, a coach can come up with some kind of a real funny trick, weird play. You know, I remember uh, Bobby Bowden used to be famous for that, the FSU. You know, he'd have these trick plays. And, uh, and, and, and sometimes he won games. As a matter of fact, some you Gators can remember that. But anyway, uh, but you cannot consistently win games with trickery. You can't consistently win in life by uh, things you know that you just sort of come up with. If you're gonna if you're gonna walk by God with God and walk by faith, you're gonna have to execute the basics because. Any team that executes the basics will win football games. Any team. Amen. Have you found 2 Timothy chapter 3? Verse 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The reason, the reason a man of God, and that would be a woman of God, the reason a, a, a God's people can be thoroughly equipped for every good work, the reason that works is because God's word is God speaking. It says here that, that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That word inspiration means it's God breathed. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, Kenneth Hagin made this comment. He says, God's word is precisely what it declares itself to be. This book, the Bible, is God-breathed, God-indwelt, and it's a God-inspired message. God's word is God speaking to us. You know, when, we, when I teach on being led by the Spirit, every now and then, you know, you have to teach on being led by the Spirit. We typically talk about the number one way, the number two way, the number three way that God leads. And we usually start by saying the number one way God leads his children is by the inward witness. But you have to understand that's, that's focusing narrowly on how he leads by his spirit directly, how he communicates with us directly about situations in life. But in times past, I've gone back and started that series by saying the number one way God leads all of us is by the word. The number one way he speaks to us is by the word of God. Amen. Well, would, uh, what if you don't read it? What if you don't read your Bible? 
Or maybe just sometimes. What if you don't really feed on the Bible? You know, you can read the Bible, but then there's feeding on it. You'll get more from God when you purposely feed on it than you will if you just casually read it. Well, what, what would happen if you don't meditate on it? Pastor Greg's already mentioned this morning, meditating in the Word of God. What would happen if you don't really meditate? You'll miss even more of what God's saying to you. How can we expect to know God and to have fresh, a fresh, vibrant faith and a fresh and vibrant walk with God if we're ignoring his primary way of speaking to us? I have a, a pastor friend of mine that I've known for years. Actually, he and I were in that uh, uh, church of God when, when uh, we first got back into fellowship. I got first, back into, first got back into fellowship with the Lord. He, he was unsaved. He came to church and got saved, and he was part of that revival. He's a pastor now. I've been pastoring for many years. And uh, he told me this story. He said, uh, in one of the churches he pastored, he said there was a woman there that always wanted him to give her a, quote, a word, you know, a prophetic word. Well, pastor, do you have a word for me? I hope you have a word. I, he, she'd come to church. Pastor, I just need a word from God today. I'm just, you know, I'm facing things. I just need a word. Finally, he got tired of it. And so one Sunday he came in and she came up to him for church. She said, oh, pastor, I hope you have a word for me this morning. I really need a word from God. He said, sister, I have a word from God for you. And she just brightened up. She was just so excited. Oh, praise God. He said, he got his Bible. He says, he didn't even open it. He said, here it is right here. I have a, this is the word for you. And he said, she was just so crestfallen. Her face dropped. You know, oh. But the truth is, this is God speaking to us. And, and we, we, we have to treat the word of God as though he is, in fact, speaking to us because he is. Amen. Now, like I said, we're talking about basics, but these basics are under assault. We need to understand that God's word is infallible. Now, almost all Christian denominations, groups, associations, and so forth, if they have a, a declaration of faith or a doctrinal statement or a statement of faith, almost all Christian denominations will say about the Bible that the word of God is infallible. But most people don't treat it that way. And actually, that idea that God's word is infallible is under a real assault in our culture. Many people today think the Bible is allegorical. That is, they believe it contains truth, but not everything in it is true. That, in other words, you can't necessarily take everything as being literally true or factual. That's, that is the prevailing view of most people in America, and sadly, too many Christians. A lot, of, a lot of people who consider themselves genuine Christians, go to church, identify with, with the Christian life, today don't really believe the, the, the creation narrative. That God, that, that God actually created Adam from the dust of the earth. They don't really believe that. They believe, well, that's just kind of a story, you know, that, uh, that's told uh, and it conveys a truth to us. They don't believe in the biblical miracles. They don't believe that, they don't believe Joshua stood up and spoke and said, son, stand still. 
moon stand still and it stood still for a day. They don't really believe that happened. They say, well, you know, it's just a, it's just a, a story to present some kind of a truth. Many Christians today do not believe in the virgin birth. They believe, well, that's just completely impossible. It's a, it's a wonderful story to kind of, you know, captivate people's hearts and create wonderment. Uh, a lot of people who claim to be Christians, of course, they aren't if they, if they don't understand this. They don't really believe in the actual resurrection of Christ. They don't believe a man could actually be raised from the dead. And, of course, if you don't believe in the resurrection of Christ, you technically are not saved. But that is the view of many people, and and it's getting into the church. A lot of people don't believe in a literal heaven, a literal hell. Hell? Hell? If they're up north, they do. (laughs) They don't believe in, in a literal hell. But all of these things are factual. So, like I said, they believe the Bible contains truth, but it's not necessarily true. But Jesus said, praying to the Father, he said, your word is truth. So this Bible doesn't just contain some truth. It is the truth. And it's infallible. Amen. Also, a lot of people today don't believe the, a lot of people today believe the Bible is open to anyone's interpretation. Now, I don't argue with people anymore. But when I was younger in the Lord and less mature, I would get into discussions with people and I, and, and I kind of enjoyed the arguing, you know. And, uh, but, you know, I, I remember talking to people and when you bring up, you know, a particular doctrinal view or statement from the Bible, they say, well, I don't believe that. I, I, you know, I said, well, yeah, this is, it says right here and I could give multiple verses that says exactly what I was saying. Well, you know, that's your interpretation. Everybody, how many times have you heard that? Well, everybody has their own interpretation. But, you know, uh, you can have your own interpretation, but that doesn't make it true. The Bible does sometimes need to be interpreted. But the interpretation has to come from the Bible itself. Most of the people, I remember one, one woman not too long ago, it was a woman that, that right back out over in this area of the church one Sunday night, she, her, I think it was a, a Wednesday, a Wednesday night. She challenged me, you know, about the Bible. And she said, what you're, what you told me and what you were preaching, that, that, the, it doesn't really mean that. She's talking about her sinful lifestyle. She said, that's not what that means. That may mean something else. I said, let me tell you something. You are not going to stand here in this church and tell me the pastor that the Bible doesn't mean what it clearly says. I've noticed that people who take this, well, that's your interpretation, that, that, that line. I found most of those people have one verse that they have figured out a way to twist into another interpretation and they'll challenge the truth based on that one verse to, to usually to justify their, uh, their unbelief or their ungodly lifestyle or whatever it is. They are so ignorant, they don't know there's like 20 other scriptures that clearly say the same thing. And so that's what I mean by the Bible has to interpret the Bible. You don't use, take a verse, put an interpretation based on something else somewhere. Well, amen. Turn with me to 2 Timothy, or 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. 
verse 20 and 21 says, knowing this first. Well, you know, it's good to know first things first. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture, that just means the Scriptures, the prophetic Scriptures, no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. Well, hallelujah. For the Scriptures, the prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So this idea that you can interpret the Bible any way you want to is just not true. Like I said, the, people, the, 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 the Bible sometimes will need interpretation. Sometimes it will need application. But, but not everyone's interpretation is true. And not everybody's application is correct. The Bible is the truth. There's a, there's, and I, I didn't go back and look up. I used to know what, this, what creed this was and what time in church history. But back in, in, in early in church history, there was a, a creed that was developed. And, and part of it reads like this. Nothing contrary to Scripture can be true. And nothing in addition to the Scriptures can be binding. Now, what that simply means is, uh, you know, what I'm doing today is I'm teaching from the Bible. And what I'm saying is based on the Scriptures. But if I make a statement, and all Bible teachers do it, and you do it too, when, when we take positions that are based on the Scripture, those positions are not binding. Only the Scripture is binding. Nothing in addition to the Scripture can even be true. You can't even consider it to be true. It's not true. But nothing in addition to the Scripture can be binding. Now, why is that important? Because we, we grow up hearing a lot of things about the Bible. People teach certain things and have taught certain things. And we were raised with certain understandings and beliefs and ideas and, and, and so forth. None of those things are binding. The Word of God is binding. And if you hold on to things you've always believed and are stubborn, and I, I've run into so many people, they'll say something, well, you know, I, I, like I said, way back, I don't do this anymore. But, you know, I, I could give you several, well, that's not true based on this scripture, this scripture. And, and finally, people would just kind of uh, back and they say, well, I don't, I don't know about all of that, but this is just what I believe. I, this is the way I've got it figured out, and this is the way I believe. See, they're, 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 they're holding that their idea is something that's, that they can't turn loose of. It's binding. It's not binding. We have to be willing to give up any idea, concept, idea, thought, doctrine uh, that's not in line with the Word of God. Amen. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's true. Amen. Now, unless you settle on the fact of the absolute integrity of God's Word, faith will always be a struggle to you. I'll say that again. Unless you settle on the fact of the absolute integrity of God's word, faith will always be a struggle to you. Now, what does that mean? What does absolute integrity mean? It means the absolute infallibility and trustworthiness of the word of God. The Bible, like I said, is God speaking to us now. The Bible is not only a book of the past. It is a book of the past. The historical record of man 
archaeologists continually, from time to time, they continually unearth things that shows and gives physical evidence that, you know what, the Bible story was true all along. It is a book of the past and it's accurate. It's also a book of the future. People, you know, are really interested in, in, uh, you know, in the future, what God has to say about the future. But what about what he has to say about today? The Bible is not just a book of the future and a book of the, of the past. It's a book of the now. Say this, just say this out loud right now. God's word, God's word. is God speaking to me speaking now. now. Say that again. God's word, God's word. is God speaking to me now. Let that register on the inside of you because, uh, again, we need to take the word of God seriously and, and we need to value it. Because if God's word is God speaking to me now and I don't, and I don't make myself, uh, if I don't avail myself of that, then I'm going to miss out on what God's saying. I don't know about you, but I, I believe you're the same as me. I know I cannot afford to go through my day missing what God's saying. <laughs> Well, praise the Lord. Next point is God's word is his bond. God's word is his bond. You know, a man, just in the natural, a man is no better than his word. If a man's word cannot be trusted, he cannot be trusted. If you know somebody, I don't know if you know anybody like this or not, but if you know anybody like this and, and, and you have found that you can't trust what they say, you can't trust them. If a person won't do what he says he will do, you will not make important plans. You might, you might give him benefit of the doubt the first time, maybe the second time. A few times of that of somebody just not coming through what they promised they do, you will just completely write them off because a man is no better than his word. Well, God, the Bible says in Numbers 23 that God is not a man that he should lie. Has he said and will he do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it, will he not make it good? Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but shall accomplish what I please and prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God's word, you can count on God's word because God is behind his word. His reputation is behind his word. His throne is behind his word. In fact, the Bible says that everything in existence is upheld by his word. If God failed to keep a promise to you, now if, now if you think he did, he didn't. Because if God ever fails to keep a promise, if God ever fails to do exactly what he said he would do, nothing would hold existence together. There would be a complete deterioration and a complete falling apart of everything we know in this cosmos. It would completely come unglued because everything is held together by God's word. So you can trust God's word to be true. The second point along that line is God and his word are one. That's an important thing to understand. God and his word are one. Now, people have misunderstood that in the past. They've said, well, those, those word of faith people, they worship the Bible. They think, that, listen, this leather and, and ink and paper uh, contraption I had in my hand is not God. 
This isn't God. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is God's eternal word. This is a written record of it. And this is the record he's given to us. Now, there are some things about God we don't know. Amen. Deuteronomy says the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things that are revealed belong to us, and we can keep them. Everything that God wants us to know is, is right here, and then, of course, he elaborates on that by, his, by leading by his spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. God and his word are one. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, John 1, verse 1 and verse 14. The word was with God, and the word was God. Amen. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then I love this in Hebrews chapter 4. The, the word of God, this is verse, 11, uh, verse 12 and 13. The word of God is a living thing, powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight. Notice he calls the word his, personal pronoun. The word of God is a living thing, powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, and no creature is hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. You know, we're going to give an account to God where his word is concerned. We're not going to be able to say, well, you know, I didn't know. Well, the answer would be, why didn't you know? I mean, if it's right here in the Bible. Well, I, I, I didn't go to the right church. Well, why didn't you? Well, praise the Lord. We will have to give an account to him for the things that are written in this, in this Bible. I love what Smith Wigglesworth said many years ago. He said, I cannot understand God by feelings. I can't understand the Lord Jesus Christ by feelings. I can only understand God the Father and Jesus Christ by what the Word says about them. God is everything the Word says He is. We need to get acquainted with Him through the Word. That's why I said a little earlier that a lot of people need to get reacquainted with the Word because if, if, if there's, only way to get re, there's only one way to get reacquainted with God and that's through His Word. Has... God, does he seem to be distant to you? Have you come into a place in life where, you know, he used to be real and he used to be uh, just, there was just this intimate fellowship, but it seems to be estranged just to us. It's not like it was. Well, you might want to get reintroduced to the word. Amen. Because that's the only way you're going to know God is to know him through the word. Amen. And the word of God, this is my final point, the word of God must be foremost and of foremost importance in our life. The word must be first place in your life. Go with me to Proverbs chapter four. Proverbs four. Some of you can quote this, but it's good to read it. Proverbs four, verse 20 says, my son, give attention to my words. Not Facebook, Incline your ear to my sayings. 
not Twitter. Do not let them depart from your eyes, not television. Keep them, what? Keep my words in the midst of your heart. You know, the word won't stay in your heart if you don't keep feeding it. Jesus made this statement. He said, man shall not live by, he was actually quoting from the Old Testament. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Well, how are you going to, how are you going to live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God? Well, we have what he, we've already said that holy men of old spoke as they were moved on by the Holy Spirit. The only way to, to have intimacy with God is through his word. I mean, I, I should say it this way. That's the fundamental way. That's the, that's the most important part. He said, give attention to the word, incline your ear to its sayings. You know, uh, there are a lot of sayings out here. In our life, in our culture, a lot of people saying a lot of things. And you will have to choose what you're going to listen to. Amen. If you, listen to, if you listen to people that are full of doubt and unbelief, it'll get in you. If you listen to, to people that are critical and complaining, it'll get into you. We have, we have a choice what we listen to. Now, we don't always have a choice uh, of, of what kind of sound waves are directed at us. But we don't have to give attention to it. We don't have to incline our ears to it. Inclining your ears to something is taking it and listening to it because you want to hear it. You want to, you want to receive what's being said. You want to understand. There's some things we need to learn to reject right out. If it's not according to this word, again, remember that creed. No, uh, nothing, in a, nothing contrary to scripture can be true. And when, some, when you hear somebody say something that's contrary to Scripture, you don't have to be rude about it. They don't have to know you think they're crazy. You can just, that is not true. I'm not listening to that. Amen. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Well, the only way you can keep something from departing from your eyes is to keep it before your eyes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're so blessed today that we have devices that we can carry. And this is a large one here, but carry it. And I, I, many of you the same way. I have, I have the Bible on my phone. And when I need to, to be reminded of something, I can take my phone out. And I do that several times during the day. And I'll just open up a passage of Scripture. Just, yeah, I knew that's what that said, but I just wanted to see it again. I want, to, I want, I want my eyes to see it. I'm going to incline my ears to it. I'm going to keep it before my eyes. Because sometimes the enemy comes with so much that's contrary. So many threats, so many uh, accusations, so many temptations, so much wrong information that can come screaming at you. You have to just get that Bible out and just say, no, I'm going to look at this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to feast my eyes. I'm not going to let my eyes take in anything that's contrary to this. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Strong faith comes out of that. Amen. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Oh, glory to God. So the word of God must be of foremost importance. We need to be word people before we're anything. 
Amen. Before we're anything else, we need to be word people. In other words, we are people that, that not just say we believe the word, but we actually put the word first place. We actually make it a part of our daily routine. That it, it's, it's always there. We're always looking to it. It's not something we have to, to uh, 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 you know, wonder about. If you're full of the word of God, you'll have the answers to so many things in life that come up. You will know the answer. Like I said, when people start talking, you can, you can tell right away whether they're telling the truth or not. Whether this what they're saying is according to the word. And if it's not, you can just let it go on by. Kalamasai, pass me on by. Just let it go on by. Amen. Glory to God. So it's not your opinion that counts. <laughs> oh, thank God. It's not your opinion. It's certainly not anybody else's opinion that counts. It's what does the Bible say. It's not special visitations, dreams, visions. That's not, that, that's not what we base our life on. Special manifestations of the Spirit. No, it's the Word of God. We base everything on the Word of God. Amen. I'm not looking for dreams. Now, the Bible says that, that in the last days, dreams and visions come. But they come to people who are feeding on the word. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Not every dream you have is from God. I told my wife this morning of a crazy dream I had last night. But it, it, there was no spiritual significance to it. We were on a tower somewhere and we climbed up there and she got out of off balance and stepped back and fell. It was like four or five stories tall. And she just fell off this thing. And she, she this, you know, it's, it, has to be, it has to be a TV-inspired uh, dream because she managed, to, as she was falling, she managed to reach up and grab that concrete. You know, that never happens in life. You're falling. You are not going to grab onto a, a concrete ledge and hold on. You're just not. Nobody can. She was holding on, and then she, she turned one arm. I think it was her right arm she was holding on. She's holding on with one arm, with one hand. And, and she was screaming, don't let me fall, don't let me fall. And I reached out, and, and, and I realized in my dream that, you know, she could pull me over. <laughs> I just said I realized it. I didn't give in to it. But I, I reached out, I managed to, 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 to kind of keep my center balanced. You know, and I reached down and I grabbed her by that one hand and she reached her other hand up and I grabbed it up and pulled her up. That doesn't happen in real life either. Just because you say, well, maybe there was a, no, there wasn't any spiritual significance to it. Praise the Lord. She's not about to fall off a tower and I'm not going to rescue her. The word of God must be first place. You're going to have to choose the word over past traditions. And that's not always an easy thing to do. Because people you love are tied to those traditions. Wonderful people. People that you've respected all of your life. But when the word gives you more light... And you realize that dear so-and-so 
was just wrong. We all shake our heads, but a lot of people have a problem with that. You know, Grandpa always said, I know my mama always said, well, you know, uh, my mama was a good woman. But she she didn't know everything. She didn't know everything I know. I've learned more. My children and grandchildren will know more than I know. Amen. That's why going back to that, uh, uh, nothing in addition to scripture can be binding because we have a certain amount of revelation and we walk in the light of it. But when more light comes, we have to give up the lesser understanding. Amen. So, uh, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to be willing. If you're going to be strong in faith, you have to be willing to put the Bible ahead of family traditions family beliefs, your church's beliefs, your, I've already mentioned this, your personally held beliefs where you've got it all figured out. (laughs) It can be a disturbing thing to find out that, well, it it can be a disturbing thing if you want to hold on to those things. But once you you settle that you're going to put the word first, it becomes a very liberating thing. When you get more information and you see more from the word of God, it, it doesn't trouble you, it thrills you. So, oh, thank God, I'm getting more light, I'm seeing more. Thank God for what I did know, but now I'm getting another side to the, to the, to the picture, to the mountain. God's showing me something. Glory to God. Amen. We used to have an old saying, it said, if the word says it, I believe it, and that settles it. But you know, I, I, I like to change the wording up there. Because it says if the word says it, I believe it, and that settles it. But you know, if the word says it, it's settled whether I believe it or not. (laughs) So it's a better way to say if the word says it, that settles it, and I believe it. Amen. Well, let's stand. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. If the Bible says it, that settles it. Say that, say that with me. If the Bible says it, if the word of God says it, if God said it in his word, that settles it. And I believe it. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. You'll keep yourself free from a lot of trouble if that is your motive and motto in life. If the Bible, if God said it, that settles it. There's no more arguing about it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. The entrance of your word gives life. It gives light. It gives illumination. It's health. It's life to our our flesh, health to our flesh. Oh, glory to God. Your word, Father, brings deliverance. We're grateful today, Father, for your word. We're grateful, Father, for the understanding of the word of God that comes to us by the Holy Spirit. But we're thankful, Father, that the Holy Spirit doesn't speak outside the Word. He always points us to the Word. He always leads us and then gives us the Word to show us where it's found and what the, what the premise is. Thank God for the Holy Spirit, but thank God for the Word. Glory to God. We're grateful today, Father. It keeps us grounded. It keeps us solid. And it keeps faith flowing in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that faith comes by hearing. 
We're grateful, Father, that faith doesn't come by multiple ways. It comes by hearing the Word of God. You've made it so simple for us. If we'll just hear the Word of God, if we'll just feed on the Word of God, if we'll just put the Word in, faith will be there when we need it. Faith comes by hearing. I thank you, Father, that your Word is you speaking to me. Now, in this, in this day, in this time, in this, in this place, your, your word, Father, is you speaking to me. I will always look at the word that way. I will always revere and, and hold the word sacred as what it is. It's a living thing. It's alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the discerning of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Glory to God. I thank you, Father, that all my ways are open to the Word of God. You're able to speak into all of my ways, into all of my attitudes, into all of my thoughts. You're able to expose where my thoughts have strayed, where my attitude or my, or my opinion differs from your Word, has gotten somewhat uh, skewed or, or, or gone sideways. Your Word is always there, penetrating and exposing and bringing me back to you. Glory to God. I thank you for that, Father. Hallelujah. Oh, how I love your word. Oh, how I love your word. Hallelujah. I love to read it. I love to say it. I love to act on it. Your word has given me life. Hallelujah. And I thank you for that, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.